Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. gonna be a fun one they always are <laughs> um, neither natty or i have much idea of where this conversation is going but we both have like an immense amount of trust that two cool people coming together are gonna have an absolutely uh delicious conversation so here we are <laughs> today's here guest here we are here we are natty frasca and um as known on instagram um the feminine rebellion. So of course we're going to have an amazing conversation. Um, I like my guests to introduce themselves in whatever way feels good for you today for this audience, nothing fancy, whatever feels like wants to be said today. So why don't you tell people who you are? Um, if you want, why being on this podcast was even a, a yes for you. Um, Um, and then we'll just start chatting. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I love how you said, like, introduce yourself, however you feel today, because I have three kids home for the first time in like eight months. Yeah. So today I'm feeling like a totally strapped mother. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I'm also founder at the Feminine Rebellion. And um, at the Feminine Rebellion, I work with like change making women who are here for more. And that could Mm -hmm. mean pleasure, liberation, Mm -hmm. you know, they've reached a point in their life where they've checked all these boxes and they're just like ready to live this like second fucking phase of their lives. They're tired of adhering to everyone else's rules and structure. And they're ready to kind of dive into this kind of wild woman archetype and um, dive into their desires. And, and I work Mm -hmm. a lot with women and work a lot with women in business, women who are um, creating new businesses, change makers, and um, who want to become more visible. Mm-hmm. And, and with, with all of those women, everyone I work with, we talk um, a lot about pleasure. Pleasure is yeah. kind of the foundation of all of my work with women. And so yeah. I think, yeah. So when you asked me to be on this podcast, um, actually had recently kind of gone public about um, becoming pregnant at 19 mm-hmm. and I'm 47. Um, and I hadn't talked about it before. Um, and certainly not publicly, like in very small circles. And yeah. um, I plan on getting an abortion the night before my abortion. I miscarried. Mm-hmm. Um but all of like the same emotions, the same decision-making, the shame, Mm -hmm. you know, being raised Catholic, like all of it was there for me, even though somehow I freaking miscarried the night before. Um, So when you reached out to me and I think of you as this unshaming Mm -hmm. human, like Mm -hmm. bringing the unshaming to 
um, women's bodies and the women's choice to carry a child or not carry a child. Um, I was just like a full on yes for this conversation. So, yeah. And I'm actually feeling quite emotional as I'm like talking about this with you. Now the the second time that I've, um, that I've spoken about this. So, um, yeah, so that's why I'm here. So I I love that. We're just going to let this unfold. Yeah. Bring whatever emotions you, you need to, to the show. Um, that's what we're all feeling, right. Is a mixed bag of messy, complicated being human emotions. So thank you for being here. And let's not underestimate the added, um, the added ingredient of, I forgot how you worded it, stressed out mom, burnt out mom, (laughs) overwhelmed mom. (laughs) Yeah. For the emotion plate, right? Because coming at this conversation, not from that place is a different, um, Mm. is a different ballpark. And that's important for people to remember is like, every time you talk about your story or your work, it's not going to come out the same because Uh -uh. you aren't the same person in every given moment. Um, How old are your kids? They're 19, 18, and 15. Mm. And, um, you know, I thought that when I had little children that were like running around the house and, you know, causing havoc and like, you know, life's just a fucking mess, right? When you have little kids. Um, And, you know, as my kids have grown up, it's interesting because like the stakes are just higher. Yes, we should probably have a private time. conversation about this sometime. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'll talk about anything on the podcast, but I agree with you so much, so much. Yeah. Mine are, yeah. well, 19 this summer, 16 and nine. I do have a nine-year-old still, but. Oh my God, I, that's okay. It is, it is, I, 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 I talk about abortion all day, every day, which is an under talked about topic. But I think mm. raising teen and adult children is like an even more under talked about topic. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, especially, you know, so much ha- harder having. Yeah. And, and the stakes are higher. And, you know, I don't know if your kids are sexually active, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, two of mine are. And, um, you know, being raised Catholic, we were never you know, no one talked about sex. The, the, the only, you know, we talked about abstaining from sex, you know, that sex yeah. was wrong and, and before marriage. Um, and even though like, I think when I think back, like they must've known it was happening. Um, but there was no real education around it or, or any discussion around like, you know, this idea of pleasure or this idea that like, it was okay to love your body and to want pleasure. So these are things that I've been trying to bring into that I have brought into conversations with my kids since they were like really early puberty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just, I feel like I'm breaking ancestral ties in some way or like Mm -hmm. creating a new narrative and that's, that's hard labor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's like heavy lifting the big you know deal. to have those yeah to have those conversations for the first time when those conversations were never had with you so it's like yeah. I have nothing to lean on really so um yeah all of it 
all yeah. of it. You know? it's a, it, coming back to abortion, I think um, another under-talked about topic is we talk about like, oh, you can get through, you don't, you'll figure it out. Like people will help you with diapers and childcare. And like, we think of raising children as this, like, you know, get through those early stages and you'll be okay. Like just get through the hard years and Mm. you'll be okay. And we don't talk Mm. about like, when you choose to bring a child into the world, you're talking about an entire life's journey. You're not talking about just like getting through the diaper stage and the nursing stage and the sleepless night stage and the potty training stage. You're talking about having adult children out in the world um, with the big scary world that's out there. <laughs> and I yes. guess the other thing that you can hear me hesitating because um, we can talk about the challenges of young children so openly without violating their privacy. And maybe some Mm. would argue that we are, right? When we're talking about my kid peed the bed or whatever, maybe some would say like, you know, you should have your kid's permission before you share. (laughs) But as soon as we step, like I can feel my whole body, like watch yourself. Like this isn't just your life. You you are opening the door on. And so it makes it so much harder to talk about um, parenting through walking through, getting resources for, getting help for, when are we, it is our experience and it is our kids' experience. And when we talk about abortion and pregnancy in a way that like makes it seem like you can do it, just get through it. We're, we're completely underestimating the journey of parenting, the experience of raising a family. It is so much bigger than zero yes. to 18. So much it's, bigger. It's not physical. It, I mean, I mean, it's not only physical. It's, it's not the physical work, the physical labor of, of raising a child. It's the emotional labor that's takes its toll, right? It's yep. the fact that like with every child you birth that you choose to birth and bring into this world, like you are giving them a piece of your heart and your soul. Like yeah. it is like, I want to say it's like they have a piece of you. Like it's, it's, it is a huge, huge undertaking. Yeah. And I mean, I very often look back. I mean, this happens to, you know, a lot where I think, you know, you know, when I turned 47, I was like, wow, I could have a 28 year old right now. Like, (laughs) yeah. Like, yeah. Holy crap. Like, like, it just, it's just beyond the, the diaper stage. Yes. I mean, my yeah. daughter who's 19 just finished her freshman year of college. I mean, I'm still very, very much parenting her. And, and I think of myself at 47 and my parents are 76. Um, okay. I still, I still lean on them. I mean, yes. I'm sure they still worry about me. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. In some regards, right? It's like, yeah, it's never ending. Yeah. And the, the disrespect to like humanity and social systems to not see mm. how important it is to be able to plan a family that you can plan a whole life for. You know, it's like, 
I just saw a statistic recently about how many less, like, oh, it makes me emotional, how many less abortions there were since Roe was overturned. Mm. And my heart breaks for those families Mm. who are not just struggling now, but are going to be struggling for decades to come because they couldn't get the health care they needed. Well, and the people who who are taking away this right are not then supporting the families who need it. You know, I spent several years as the executive director of a nonprofit in my town and we, um, we, our focus was food and security. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I mean, (sighs) we had to raise money to feed people in our communities who didn't have the resources to do so themselves. And, you know, People need to be given the choice whether or not to take on what may be considered a burden of another child um, into their lives. And it's not like we're then saying, okay, there's, you know, free childcare so you can go to work. Like I worked with so many single mothers with multiple children who could not make ends meet and we're just making matters worse. Yeah. And um, it is, it is devastating. It is yeah. absolutely yeah. devastating. So much and this say. is where we highlight the voices of the black women who've, you know, who've spoken their truth about in the reproductive justice movement of like, yes, reproductive justice is not about those moments that you get through. It's about the whole picture. Like, exactly. are we able to take care of these humans? the little ones that come in or the big ones who are taking care of the little ones for the rest of their lives in a way that's just and fair and equitable and safe. Right. And it's not Um, the middle-class white women who are going to have trouble hopping borders and accessing healthcare or coming to my state of Massachusetts, you know, where we will hopefully. Oh, did I know you were, did I know you were in Massachusetts? Did you know I'm in Massachusetts? Mm -hmm. You are. I know, right? This is going. <laughs> wait, like, wait a second. This where is going to be you? one of those podcast episodes <laughs> where we're like, "How do we not know each other?" <laughs> where are you? I'm in Western Mass. Okay. I'm are you in that? I'm, I'm outside of Boston. Yeah, yeah. My parents both grew up in Winthrop. Wow. And we landed in Western Mass. My dad went to UMass Amherst, and then they stayed wow. out here. Wow. Okay. So we're kind of neighbors. (laughs) So, you know, right. But the people who can't come to our state was where, how we got there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, it is, you know, underserved populations, the black and brown community, um, those, you know, who don't have the socioeconomic means to access healthcare in a different state, you know, this is, this is targeting that population. And um, yeah, it's, it's not okay. It, I think all the time, like you and I are both white women with resources and privileges, geographic, and just like, I mean, yes. here we are, obviously we yeah. both have privileges that many, many don't have. Um, and I remember when I had my abortion thinking, if this is this hard for me Mm. (laughs) and again Mm. with the adult children right like if it is this hard for me uh, someone who is steeped in mental well-being 
resources and um, parenting connections. And like, I cannot imagine how hard it is um, when you don't have those resources and those privileges. And that was why I started this work around abortion, because I saw how big the hole was. And if I, if it felt that big to me, it must feel, you know, a thousand times that size to other people. And so I just started scooping in what I could add to fill the hole of what was missing in the abortion conversation. Yeah. And so are Um, you you supporting women in abortion in your coaching? Yeah, Um, mostly after. Um, What happened to me with my own abortion is that um, coming from a very sort of empowered woman feminist perspective, I thought it would feel like, I thought I'd feel okay after my abortion. I didn't realize the level of grief and shame and guilt that would come in, Mm -hmm. even though I knew I was making the right choice, right? Mm -hmm. And so I felt like I didn't fit in either camp. There was the abortionist healthcare, like shout it from the rooftops and go live your life. Mm. It's no big deal. It's just a bunch of cells. And then mm. there was abortion is murder. And I was like, I don't fit in either camp. <laughs> yeah. This is fucking hard. <laughs> this is yes. like, yes, I do believe it's healthcare. And when my kids, when my pregnancies that I chose were five weeks, six weeks, seven weeks, like they were life. They were my baby. Yes. I can't just suddenly decide in this pregnancy, it's not life. It, it was life to me. And so yes. I had to make peace with like, I did stop a life. I did say no to a human. Mm. That for me was the journey I had to take. And I was like, I cannot be the only one feeling this. Yes. <laughs> There's no way. It's interesting. And clearly I'm not. <laughs> yeah. You talk about like, you know, it's healthcare, but there are deep, deep emotions that, you know, that conversation leaves out. It's, it's healthcare and, um, and it's, it's very, very difficult to navigate. Yes. Like I knew at 19, I was making the right decision and I had to pull resources from friends, you know, it was like $450 and I was like $450. Like seriously, I, you know, I made three dollars and 75 cents an hour you know um and um yeah I was I came to terms that it was the right decision but I mean it was it was deeply deeply emotional I felt like I was like let letting people down I knew I didn't want that child um I wasn't in love with a man that planted the seed in me you know um I didn't want to raise a child. I was 19 years old. It was just like on all counts, not the right thing. And yet so much shame. I couldn't talk about it with anyone. Um, it just felt secret. I felt like I was lying to my family. Um, you know, in fact, you know, most of my family members still don't know. Um, yeah, it was, I think it was the shame. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but um and our so understanding of shame, it, it is so much more complex, right? Because like I had shame, not that I chose abortion, but shame that I got pregnant, shame that I didn't know my mm-hmm. IUD fell out, shame that I uh, like 
there's so many different layers of shame. It's not just like, I feel shame because I, I ended that pregnancy. Mm. Like nothing's that simple. There's so many, I feel shame that, you know, at, and it wasn't my case, but maybe I, I did get pregnant with somebody who I don't want to spend the rest of my life with. I have shame mm-hmm. that I, that I, oh, there's like a million reasons. Right. And then with yes. you, the religion too, um, we oversimplify things so much and like, it's all the things it's all the yes. things. Yeah. And it's a web. It's yeah. like this really tightly interwoven web. And, you know, aside from, you know, the fact, you know, another layer of shame that just came to me was that like, I, this idea that I was enjoying sex. Yes. Right. That yes. there was actually like pleasure involved. Like it was a moment that I enjoyed. And so there was like this weird tainting of like, well, this, then this is wrong. Yeah. Right. Like you shouldn't enjoy it or something, or like, this is what happens when you enjoy your body. Yes. Um, you get punished. Um, anyway. Oh. And even when you intellectually know that did not happen because right. I was being punished, especially for my parents were both raised Catholic, but I was not. So I don't have that direct like guilt that so many Catholics do, but Mm. I have it by drip down. (laughs) Yes. And we just all are steeped in it all the time. Right. And so, um, oh, shoot. I, I totally lost my train of thought. Um, it's okay it'll come back we'll move on and it will come back yeah um and coming back to the responsibility of bringing a full-term pregnancy into the world a child into the world and how making abortion legal accessible or not does not even begin to cover that conversation what it means to raise a human into the world think now back to if you had a, tw- I think you said 28, right? If you had yeah. a 28 year old and we're doing what you're doing now with mm-hmm. a human co-parenting or, or abandoned by a human mm-hmm. who you don't even want to spend the rest of your life communicating with. Mm. Can you imagine how hard that would be? No, I mean, I can't, I don't think, I, I, I can't even imagine that I would. Yeah. I don't, I can't imagine I'd be in the same place that I am now. Like, right. I, I can't, I mean, if, if I, I have never done this exercise really, but if I can imagine what my life would have been like, I mean, I was a sophomore in college, so, um, you know, I don't know that I would have been able to finish school yeah you know and um I think I probably would have you know moved to my hometown of Nashua I mean I guess there could have been a couple different circumstances I did know um a woman in my town who who was part of our Catholic church who housed young you know pregnant teens Mm. Um, through their pregnancies, like far away from their hometowns, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then those babies were given up for adoption. So 
I can imagine that would have been an option for me, you know, like stick you where no one can see you, um, have the baby and then come back and pretend nothing happened. Yeah. That would have had no lifelong impact on your timeline or mental health or resources. (laughs) Shame. Talk about shame. Right. So I can't, I, I don't know, you know, I don't think maybe I all, it all would have woven back and I'd be here where I am today, but you know, I don't think so. I wouldn't have been in the bar at 24 where I met my current husband, you know, footloose and fancy free mm-hmm. and you know, in New York city. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's hard. To, I don't even want to imagine. I know. I know. I just, I bring it up to say like, it's, we all know how absurd the conversation about abortion is in the media and what it's looking at and talking about is just such a tiny fraction of the reality. The yeah. reality is so much bigger. Yeah. Um, and, and so, and what I, yeah, what I love that you said before, Amanda, is that like, you know, our conversation so separate, right? It's like, it's either healthcare or it's, it's um, murder. Right. So, but I mean, what I think what we're both saying is like, it's both. It's It's somewhere in between. Like I can't, you know, I don't want to deny that that was a life that I chose to let live because that is the truth. Right. I mean, and, um, I don't want to pretend that it wasn't like the right form of healthcare. Um, right. It's like, there's all of the whole conversation gets to belong, but like, we're yeah. so separate that we're never going to be able to meet. I mean, yeah. Well, we just suck at humans at dealing with that kind of paradox, that kind of like, how can yeah. it be both? Yeah, it, it it has to be either or it has to be black or white. And we're, we're just we struggle so hard with dealing with that sitting in that complexity because it's uncomfortable. Yes, it's uncomfortable to think like if someone says to me, you murdered that baby, I'm like, I'm not going to fight with you. Yeah, <laughs> And that's not a comfortable thing to sit with. And if someone says to you, me, good for you for taking care of your health care and like following through on your family planning, which was not to have another child. I'm yes. like, yes. And that's uncomfortable to say. It's all uncomfortable and we suck at uncomfortable. Yeah. And yeah. so it is making peace with it, just being all the things and being messy and being yes. human. Yeah. yeah. And, and I can imagine even more difficult for you because you know, are you, do you have a partner? I do. We've been together since high school. This was our only unplanned pregnancy. And so it's like my entire, yeah, you're with, (laughs) you're with a partner, you're healthy, you have resources. Totally. So it's like the fact that you chose to end a pregnancy. Yes. I mean, that's fucking heavy. Yeah. That is like, you know, (laughs) that, that is like almost heavier than me at 19 because it's like, someone at 19, you know, an outsider looking in would be like, okay, like she's 19. Right. Like you, I mean, have you, you've all heavy. (laughs) Yeah. You've obviously (laughs) spoken about this, but I mean, like, did you, and I'm assuming like your family knows 
knows? Like your kids? Oh, know? yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, my kids know my everybody knows. Um, I talk to my kids about it. We talk about baby Grace. We named her because <laughs> it feels good. Yeah. It works. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I would have been supported. There would have been people rallying around me. I would have still had a roof over my head. And like you yeah. said, I wouldn't be living this life. It would have been yeah. really fucking hard. Yeah. It, it would have been hard on my marriage. It would have been hard on my three other kids. It would have been hard. Yes. Um. So there is stigma and shame all around, whether you get mm. pregnant at 38, happily married and resourced and choose abortion, or you get married mm. as an, a single teen mm-hmm. and choose abortion. The stigma yeah. is everywhere. And it yeah. honestly, like it just all shame feels like shame in the body. There is many fla- flavors and there are many yeah. layers and there are many distinctions, but it all feels like shame. Like when I feel yeah. shame in my body, it's a physical sensation. It is like, and that's the same mm. for you. We had two completely yes. different abortions two completely different. We probably both have shame about parenting our semi-adult children, right? Like, oh my God. It's just I, you, shame. I, we have different <laughs> stories, but it's the same <laughs> feeling. And so we just yeah, have yeah. to like make peace with that feeling is a part of our human existence. Yes. And, and not make us wrong for it. Yeah. I, you would have had shame if you kept that pregnancy and were a single mother and not in a good relationship with her, right? I would have had shame if I kept that pregnancy and we were raising a family with a lot less resources and I never got to live the life I wanted to live, which brings me back to the very first thing you said before we got into personal stories. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I made my choice like a lot of women, do, a lot of people do because I wanted more. I was mm. like, yes, I can have this baby. Can mm. is not the question. I want mm. more. Desire mm. is the question. What mm. is it that you use the words dive into desires, right? And like, yeah. I have sort of a four part series about abortion, which is like, honor your feelings, mm. honor your decision, whatever the reasons were, honor your desires, right? Yes. Does my desire to not have a fourth baby matter? Yes. <laughs> and I chose because I wanted more. And so did you at 19. You said, I want more for my life. I don't want to be stuck with this situation because it happened. I want more. And so I'm curious if you're willing to go there with your wisdom and knowledge and um, perspective on life now, Mm. how did, how could you, and I'm trying to word it so you don't have to go into like deep, your own deep personal work here. So just go yeah, at whatever yeah. level you want. Sure. <laughs> How does the work you do now serve that 19 year old who, who thought um, she might choose abortion? I, and I know you miscarried. So it's a little bit different yeah. story, but it's basically the same. Yeah. Oh, that's a really great question. When I think back, to that young woman, it's interesting. I feel like what I'm doing now, how I'm guiding women, how I'm teaching them is like giving her what I didn't have access to. Yeah. Basically. And, you know, I work with women who are much older than 19. 
but I think that actually that age is like an amazing, like pivotal moment in a woman's life because, you know, many women, you know, you've, you've finished high school, you've either, you know, chosen to go to university or you're out in the world either way. Right. That's mine. Mine's out in the world. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're out in the world, but you're at this place where it's like, you're choosing a path. Yeah. Right. And it's like the world's laid out in front of you. And many of us, myself included, choose a path that we think we're choosing, but really it's been laid out for us. Right. So there's this like really well prescribed pathway for to be quote unquote successful. And many women I know follow this path and it's like a four-year degree and then possibly an advanced degree and then marry kids, you know, marry house kids, maybe go back to work. But like there's, there's very little wiggle room in our like current societal narrative for anything else, right? Like, which is, so, okay, I just <laughs> pause for a second because it's kind of comical how little r- wiggle room there is when so few people actually live that life, right? Like, yeah, th- there's no wiggle room. <laughs> like, like, like at, you're like, you're supposed to live this life, but how many people do you know who actually lived it the yes. way we're supposed to live it? <laughs> like, you know, if you're not on it, there's shame there too. Yes, like you're hundred percent. It's just kind of like get back on it. It's, it's like, oh, she's, she's off the path. She's wandered off the path. Get her back on, get her back on. Instead right? of, and- of course you've wandered off the path. Yes. Everyone's wandered off the path. (laughs) And there's no, how about there's no fucking path, you know? How about like, I mean, it's it's revolutionary that your 19 year old's just out in the world. I know. Doing his or her thing, right? Her thing. It's terrifying and amazing and inspiring and suffocating. And (laughs) it's all the things. It's all the fucking things. It's fucking scary because we don't have you know, a blueprint for us. And so a, a blueprint for what comes next. Yeah. But when you follow the path of desire, right? Yes, like your desire. real own desires, yeah. like what is it that turns me on? Like what, what is it that excites me? Is it ceramics? You know, like, okay, could I do apprenticeships across the country? Could I save money and go to japan where they do wood savor in the pleasure of yes scrolling ceramics all day like there's so many things right or like whatever it is like but we don't we haven't and, and this is something that's really really hard when you begin to raise children right because the path there's there's security and safety in it even though that's (laughs) bullshit right (laughs) I mean there's Uh but we think we know what's next right there's false security in it and this is something that I'm unbinding as I raise my own kids right like yeah I'm already on like the should I be helping her get an internship you know and I'm like okay calm the fuck down Natalie like this is her thing like so yes I think the work I'm doing on myself 
unbinding from my own patriarchal conditioning is serving that 19 year old. And, and I actually love that imagery, Amanda, because I feel like it's something I'm going to be taking with me after this, after this call. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. There's like a thousand places we go. We could go. We've already been talking 40 minutes. So I think there's been so much for, from poor people to take away from this just because we showed up as who we are and Mm -hmm. had a vulnerable conversation. Um, but is there anything else you, (laughs) you came imagining you would talk about or say that we have not touched on that you don't want to leave this conversation without sharing? Um, just say take deep, deep, deep care of yourself. If you're listening, like in whatever way, whatever that means to you, Mm -hmm. you know, um, there are women who are walking the path besides you, beside you. There are women you can reach out to myself, Mm -hmm. Amanda, if you need support, um, that you're not alone. Yeah. You know, this is raw stuff. Um, Yeah. And I think there are listeners right now who are deciding whether or not to choose abortion and deep, deep care, maybe keeping the pregnancy against everyone's recommendation and deep, deep care, maybe terminating the pregnancy. Mm. And it is just, there's no, there's no, like you said, there's no one path. That's ultimately what is right for me. How can I have my own back? How am I going to continue to, I I say all the time, like we make the decision about what to do with the pregnancy. And then we have to decide over and over and over and over again to have our own back around the decision that we made. That's Mm. work that doesn't change. Like we keep going. So whatever deep care looks like for you, we don't know. Natty and I don't know. No, we that's don't. yours. We don't. Yeah, for sure. Amanda, what a beautiful conversation! Oh my goodness! Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. I feel um, I feel like both grounded right now and mm-hmm. a little bit lighter. So I'm so glad. Yeah, thank I'm you so, so much. Glad. It's been it's been a pleasure to be here with you. Lastly, logistically, where can people yeah. find you if they want to find you? Oh yeah. I mean, the best place is Instagram probably at the feminine rebellion. Yeah. (laughs) All my links are there. Check me out. Send me a message. Let's talk. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.